What does it take to be a top performing entrepreneur? Welcome to Inspiring Business Success, a podcast sponsored by Insperity, where we'll explore areas of entrepreneurial success and extraordinary professional performance. There is an abundance of good performers, but what about exceptional performance? This season, we will be exploring the defining characteristics of exceptional performers in business and in life. Inspiring Business Success is sponsored by Insperity. Insperity provides human resources solutions that make a difference in the success equation for the best small and medium-sized businesses. If you want to know more, go to insperity.com. Are you ready to reach new heights in your performance? Let's go to the studio now with Larry Schaefer, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Insperity, Dr. David Cook, author, speaker, and well-known sports psychologist, and Doug Tatum, author, professor, and entrepreneur. David, let's kind of go to the the next phase in that regard, Um, really bringing it together and in regards to an ownership of the goal as well. So so passion can be defined basically as you break it down, and this is what we want to cover in the next few podcasts in the series here is, you know, passion is fueled by ownership, passion is fueled by accountability, passion is fueled by incentive, and passion is fueled by fun. This is the breakdown, just as, you know, uh, focus was broken down in specific, tangible, self-reference, difficult goals. Passion can be broken down into these four categories. And let's talk a little bit about this one since you asked. Ownership of the goal. Gosh, there may not be any more important passion fuel than ownership of a goal. When we think back to this pole vaulter example that I gave before, when he set his goals, I think he was setting them sort of for his coach, you know, to make him look and feel good and to, you know, to kind of fit in with the team. But there was a there was a point early in his career where he didn't really own them because he didn't he didn't he didn't show up with the you know the 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 great enthusiasm and uh, inspiration needed to reach those. So it was like he failed at this ownership level for a while. When I was at the University of Kansas, uh, my first student, I, I hate to use that term, my first, you know, first coach that came to see me of all coaches, I'm 27 years old, so what do I know? You know, I got this PhD, but, you know, in Texas that means post hole digger. But anyway, <laughs> and the first the first coach that came to see me at KU was Larry Brown. Now, Larry Brown was already sort of in the college coaching Hall of Fame at that point, and he called, and, you know, I was kind of in shock. You know, here I am. I'm supposed to have some answers. And he said, hey, I've got an issue with some players. Can I come talk to you about it? And I said, sure. And he comes over, and, you know, I feel so awkward, but, you know, it's like, hey, what have you been studying all these years for? You know, just share what you know. So he said he had a real selfish team. He said, I have really good players, but they're very selfish and they don't play together. And basketball is a really team sport. You better play together. And he says, I need a plan. I need somehow to get them to be focused on the goal and have passion to where we're going. Basically, they have passion for themselves and they're very selfish. So can you help me? And I said, yes, sir, I think I can. And so we created a plan. He said, I'll have every one of my athletes in to see you tomorrow. So each athlete came in. And I would ask them this question. I said, um, is your team, you know, passionate about winning a national championship? 
And he goes, well, I am, but the rest of them aren't. They're just selfish. I go, oh, oh, okay. That's what each of them said. You know, they pretty much said that everybody else was selfish. And so I would say, so I tell you what, you're passionate, which I knew they weren't, but, but I wanted to know what they meant. I said, so if you were coaching this team, leading this team, and you wanted to bring the team together and create unity towards a goal, to create this passion, what do you think needs to happen? Oh, oh, you know, I do this. They need to do that. You know, people need to come to practice this way. We need to be unselfish, helping, encouraging each other, the words they say, their actions, all this kind of stuff. And so each of them would give me, and I'd say, okay, these are the top three I think you said. And I would read them back to them. They said, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would do if I was leading the team. Well, that person would go on, the next teammate, then, you know, the teammate would come in and again, yeah, the rest of the team is unsell, you know, is very selfish, but you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this thing. So, what would you do? And I'd take the top three of what each of the team members said as they came into me, and I created out of them ten commandments of team unity that will passionately lead us to a national championship. So I showed them to Larry, and he goes, "This is great." And so he said, I want you to present these to the team, and then we're going to put them on the locker. And now I, as the coach, will have a way to hold them accountable to what they said because they said these things. Brilliant coaching. And I guarantee you, he was going to hold them accountable, but not just with, you know, enthusiasm and, you know, harshness or anger or something like that. He was simply going to hold them accountable to what they said. So I read through these. I said, this is what you all said. You, 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 ownership. In other words, you own these goals. This came from your mouth. Is this not true? Raise your hand if, if at least several of these are, are what you told me. And they all raised their hand. I said, okay, you said this is what you would do. And so this is what we're committed to because you said it. And they're going to be inside your locker and you will now be held accountable by coach. And he walked up there with a big smile on his face and says, we can reach our goals. Because these goals talk about being unselfish and being a team in unity. And that's what we need to be passionate about so that we can passionately pursue this thing called a national championship. And everything changed because they got caught in the trap and they were held accountable. And he would say, you said this. Are you a liar or are you truthful? And he would hold them accountable. And this selfish team that he had recruited three years later, it's great athletes, you know, trying to come together. Three years later, won the national championship. Um, it was a stark turnaround, and it made coaching much easier, but it also gave them a focus that we talked about in the first podcast around a passionate pursuit because they owned it. So how do we do that in business, Doug, to create that type of ownership? So when I listen to David talk about and tell that story, it is Absolutely right out of every strategy consulting meeting I've ever participated in or led. Effectively, what you're really doing is uh, you got to own the strategy. If you've, if, if, you, if, if you've laid out the goal and you got a lot of folks that have different ideas about how to get there, if you don't get an alignment around that and hold everybody accountable to it, you're never going to get there. So, so we do some research as you well know, uh, your company has been kind enough to sponsor a lot of that, where we polled 
the leading, most rapidly growing companies in the United States. They are all on a, a magazine list that everybody, and I'm sure the, the uh, listeners understand who that is. And what you find out is that 85 to 90 percent of the leaders believe that the team understands the strategy, that they that they own the priorities. When you test that, you find out two percent of their actual teams can articulate the same priorities. So if you can't articulate the same priorities and the same goals, nobody owns them and nothing happens. So, you know, you're not going to get a basketball team to play together to win any more than you are a company if you don't go out and lay out some specific strategic goals against a cause uh, that reflects adding value to customers and making money. So I think the parallels are, are obvious to me. And we've seen that a lot with our clients, CEOs and entrepreneurs, that are the element of reality is missing. And what I mean by that is they feel like their, their leaders and the, all the employees understand what the mission is and what the strategy is. But when you interview those people, you find out that there's an incredible amount of misalignment. Well, it, so how can you execute on this kind of ownership principle if, if the employees and the, the leaders, the management doesn't even have it? Well, Larry, Larry, you're bringing up another thought for me, too. So if your leadership team is not held accountable, the entire team is going to be is going to assume that they're there not for performance, but for loyalty. And that's one of the most difficult issues for an entrepreneur to deal with is that if I am going to hold people accountable, there might be people on a team. And, you know, David, you might have run across this where it's better to get rid of some folks off the team that might even be enormously talented for the team to perform because that's what happens in the entrepreneur world. If you've got some situations like that, that would be uh, fun to hear about. Yeah. You know, you can see it all over sport, especially professional sport when a hugely talented individual doesn't take ownership for their actions and their, um, their character, the choices they make that are in alignment with what the team wants to do, then absolutely they sometimes have to be released because you got to have people connected. And, and that means that each person needs ownership in this thing going forward. And one of the most difficult but important aspects of leadership is allowing individuals to feel a part and important in the process of success and not just to be used because people wear out if they're just used by loyalty. They want to know the company's loyal to them in their goals and their desires and their wishes so that they then have ownership in the company's dreams. They, they need to know the company has owners, you know, belief in their dreams as well. So we're really talking about alignment. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right, that Larry. coach, uh, Larry Brown, came to you and said, he, he didn't say it this way, but really he was saying, my, my players are not in alignment with the way they act or the way they think. And uh, so often entrepreneurs need to be vulnerable enough to make that same statement. You know, I was, I'm in this room today. My, my dad's an engineer. My brothers are engineers. And my dad's goal for us, because, you know, he had a really nice life as an engineer, was for all of us to become an engineer. And 
and um, get a you know nice paycheck. And man, that was his goal for me, you know. But and he had altruistic reasons for that. But along the way, um, you know, my goals were not his goals, and I had to own my goals. And calculus helped me not own that goal, you know. <laughs> and so I went in the opposite direction into sports psychology, something he had no idea, and I didn't even know if I could make a living at this um, performance psychology, not just sport. And, um, and, and was able then to go study peak performance and had an enormous ownership of that and inspiration and passion, which then allowed me, you know, to move from engineering to this field, which was unchartered when I got into it, um, and make a difference because I owned it. I believed in that. And my dad is excited about that and proud of that. He just wanted the best for me. But didn't really know what my goal was. So I had to put it on the line and say, I, I own this thing, which allows me literally to be in this room today. So, so David, uh, I made the same decision about engineering when I asked what the reward for Calculus 1 was. And they told me getting to take Calculus 2. <laughs> so uh, uh, there was no passion there. <laughs> so, David and Doug, the, the, the high-octane fuel of passion is ownership of the goal. Folks, I want to encourage you to take a little bit of time to reflect and ask this question. Are you pursuing your goals? Do you own them? Well, join us next time as we talk about rallying others around your success. So if today, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share. And thank you for being with us. And we look forward to talking with you next time.